is SMB's Options Tribe meeting. Uh, the Options Tribe is held every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. And what we do at the Options Tribe is to bring uh, top flight options traders and experts and strategists uh, to the table every week with the goal being for you to be able to walk away from every Options Tribe meeting with information that will help you to improve your game as an options trader. That's why we do this. And uh, I want to point out that SMB Training is a broker-dealer. We're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. And um, we are uh, want you to note that any hypothetical computer-simulated uh, trades that you see today, any P&L, any pricing, et cetera, are done through uh, options analysis software, um, and therefore it's simulated, and those... P&Ls, results, prices, et cetera, are not subject to the market factors, which are real, of liquidity, slippage, and commission. So please you know, take note to that. Things are going to be different when you actually try to trade versus use uh, software, which basically mimics trading. So um, furthermore, you really need to know that options trading is risky. And um, as a result, you really shouldn't expose any of your capital to options trading unless you are really clear uh, about the risks. And the way you can do that is your online broker has a document which explains all those risks. Once you have read that, if you decide to accept uh, the risks of options trading, you should start by trading. Well, you should really start by paper trading and, um, you know, paper trading as well as backtesting and get the hang of it that way, then get into the market, trade really, really small uh, relative to your income or net worth, you know, the minimal kind of trade you can do at all. That way, as you're getting used to options trading, you won't blow up your account and blow up your lifestyle. Um, you'll probably make mistakes when you first start trading options. So you really need to be aware of those risks, especially if you are a newbie. So please uh, do that and uh, pay as small tuition as possible to the market. All right. Having said that, I hate to get so uh, elaborate on my disclaimers, but I, I just know that people really need to hear these things and they need to hear them often or they can get themselves into trouble. And I don't want to see that happen. So we are welcoming back for the, it seems like hundredth time, who knows, uh, to the uh, <laughs> to the Options Tribe, John Locke, who really was my co-host for the very, very first Options Tribe meeting back in May of 2011. And then he started, and now he's been the guest a lot more than I have. So anyway, John, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, way. I mean, I'm I'm the, I'm hosting those meetings, but uh, I'm not the guest of too many. So anyway, John, welcome back to the Options Tribe, and uh, we're very excited to hear today about um, the M3 Options Trading System. Before you get started, I know you mentioned this a little bit in your in the meeting that um, there is a. Uh, it is um, the number one strategy traded on SMB's trading desk today, and it was from the very beginning. Um, it is uh, it's the system that changed my life as far as an options trader. Until I started to trade the M3, I was not consistently profitable, uh, and uh, and SMB's putting its money where its mouth is in a very big way with the M3. So, you know, I just want to point out that you know we don't sell things on the options drive unless we believe them and in the case of the m3 we not only believe in them but we have 
uh, substantial amount of capital behind it. I think that's important for everyone to know. Yes, I think that's a, that's a good point you brought up there. So that's awesome. Yes. Fantastic. Well, th- thank you, Seth. And we're going to be talking today, like Seth uh, mentioned, about the M3 Trader trading system, but I like to call it the Trader Development System, and I'll let you know why that is as we go along. Just a little bit of background about myself, if you haven't heard of me. I know a lot of people have it, maybe some haven't. I have a company called Locking Your Success LLC. We are a success and life coaching company, or at least that's the way we started out. We eventually got overrun by traders, and <laughs> now we're more of a trading performance coaching and mentoring company, although we still do some success in life coaching. Uh, I'm also a retail trader. I trade a lot of my own capital, and like Seth mentioned also, I'm a trader on SMB's option desk. I spend most of my time contrary to popular belief, not in studying trading, but in studying personal development. I'm a strategic intervention coach with Robbins Medanis. And if you guys don't know who Tony Robbins is, you should look him up. He is awesome. I just got done with a four-day event with him, which was just magical. It was really a great event. i uh, also a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. I'm a master hypnotist. I study under Richard Bandler, who is a creator of that, creator of that science, and uh, just with lots of other people as well in, that, so in the uh, self-development field. So I spend an awful lot of time there because the reality is your trading has a lot more to do with your psychology than it does to whatever system that you decide to ultimately decide to, to work with. So uh, that's very important. So if you've been in this market neutral trading game for any length of time, you've probably heard of the M3. For those of you who may be new to the M3, I'd like to make an important distinction. There are two very different perspectives when you're looking at an M3. There are what we call M3 trades, which are a series of broken wing butterfly style trades. They're very dynamic. They take a majority of the risk on one side. Uh, they're guidelines-based and there are base, there are essentially over 30 variations of the M3 trade. And then we have the M3 trading system, which is a program that is specifically designed to teach a person who trades how to become a great trader. And we're going to take a look at both aspects of that as we go along. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through an example of a classic M3 trade, and depending on how long that takes, Maybe an example of a what we call an M3U trade. Let's take a look at how you might trade something like that with a small position. And then I'm going to demonstrate why the M3 is clearly the most effective path available right now for developing as a market-neutral trader. So let's take a look here at just an example. And I've had four set up. February 2017 ended up to be a trade with no adjustments, so we're going to skip that one. Um, May ended up being rather simplistic as well. So I'm just going to jump into into March here. So for those of you who don't know uh, what this is, uh, the classic M3 trade is essentially a series of butterflies with a deep in the money call to flatten the delta out. This position here would be considered a what we call a fifty thousand dollar position. It's starting out with about twenty one thousand, but we have available capital for adjustments and things like that. We would expect to make as much as five thousand dollars on this, and we would be willing to let it draw down about five thousand dollars in order to do so. So that's essentially the risk parameters behind 
the trade. This is what we look like on an analyze graph. We have a fairly flat T plus zero line. We have uh, very little risk, at least initially, to the upside. We have you know, all our risk to the downside, but the, the feature of the trade in general is a very flat T plus zero line. Again, you'll, you'll get something like similar to this with a broken wing butterfly, and this is what, what I would refer to as a broken wing butterfly style trade. We have essentially some guidelines that we go by for adjustment triggers. We don't like to let this get much more than 10 points under the short strikes. We don't like to let it get any more than 50 delta positive. We don't like to, and depending on where it is within, between here and about 10 points above our long strike, we're going to have a variable amount of negative delta where we will allow on it. And we do not like to let it get positive vega. So that's essentially a nutshell what goes on with the trade. So this is starting position. It spends a lot of its time outside the tent. And that's okay, because as long as we can maintain a good Vega profile and so forth, we can more or less keep this line stable and sometimes very profitable outside the tent. So this is what we would look like for a starting position. I'm going to hop up and just go to some uh, adjustments here. And I'm just going to push to the first one. All right, so this is a situation where... The market's gone up. If you start, remember, we started the market was down in the 1350, 1340 area here. We're now up to around 1390. We haven't required any adjustments as of yet. This is a trade that does happen to draw down, by the way, which, which sometimes happens, sometimes it doesn't. depends on the situation. But we're down about almost $800. We are negative delta 32. So this would be within delta limits. We have still positive theta, although we don't usually have a theta trigger on this trade. We do on the M3U trade, but not this one. And we have a vega of positive 88. So the volatility being positive is unacceptable for the system. So we're going to need to make an adjustment here. Realistically, if I can correct my delta numbers without rolling up, I'll do so. But I guess in this case, I could not. So I rolled the position. Let's see how far above the short strikes were we. Yeah, we're, we're almost 20 points over the long strikes, right? So I went in here, and I did a roll-up. We do have options of making other adjustments. The, an alternative adjustment I could have made or tried is opening this up a little bit. But that's one of the good things about the system is you don't necessarily have a fixed set of rules. It gives you some options to work with so that you can experiment with them, backtest them, and see what your style is. So one person's style might be to roll it up. Another person's style might be to do this vertical. Either one would be acceptable in this case. Uh, however, I chose to do the roll-up. And that puts us into a position that is going to look like that. Like I said, we are drawn down a little bit, which is not terribly uncommon if you get a big up move. However, usually the drawdowns are very, very low in this case, which it is. We have, like I said, a $5,000 maximum loss. We're not even down 1000 so no big deal there. I did keep my delta negative here. They picked the theta number up a lot and really picked up 
the, the negative Vega number. So basically, there weren't there wasn't much of a need here for an adjustment for quite some time after this. So if we stayed into this, if we stayed in if we stayed in this as is uh, until the twenty first, which is about eleven days, right? So I'm just going to push into the twenty. No, I'm going to just go to the twenty first here. So if we stayed in this till the 21st, we are now drawn down more. We're down about uh, $1,400. We are continuing to experience an up market. Uh, during the process from here to there, if you look at the charts, we did have some back up and forth chop for a while. But ultimately, the, the market broke higher. We end up here. We end up drawing down about $1,400. we are exceeding a a delta limit on this. So we're going to make an adjustment. I think actually I, I passed an adjustment. So let me go back here. All right. So here, uh, let's yeah. So, so this was the 15th. So same type of scenario here. We're outside the tent. We have a lot of sag in our T plus zero line. We're over our maximum delta. We just did 11 verticals here. So we bought, bought 11 of these, sold them up here. A lot of times we're going to be in 10 butterflies too, by the way. So we go to the following adjustment, and you saw what we did. We we were over our negative delta. We once again did 11 verticals, ended up in a position that looks like this. From here, let's go to 3-1. I think we start to have some trouble with the downside, if I recall properly. I could be wrong. Oh, okay, no trouble yet. So this is just a checkpoint. We come here. We're still we're still within our delta limits. Our gain loss is around a thousand dollars. We have theta that's about one forty two. We have vega that's around one ninety four. This is perfectly acceptable. Here is what our trade looks like. Two days later we finally get a, a relief in the market. So this is one of the things you get with this type of trading a lot of times. A lot of times you'll be positive theta, you'll be negative vega, volatility will be dropping, theta will be rising, yet the position profit and loss doesn't go up. And then all of a sudden, it starts to come into the position. And this is one of those cases here. So the market backed down a little bit. They had a change in sentiment, as they say. And... We ended up in a position like this. Now, in this particular position, we're minus 89 delta, but minus 89 is actually allowed when we're this deep in the tent, so there's no uh, no adjustments here that are necessary. And if we go to 3.7, just a few short days, we're getting closer to expiration. We're now essentially near profit target. So this is an interesting point in most traders' careers <laughs> where they, you know, they get into uh, near their profit target and they don't take the money. They decide to always push it one day longer, one day longer. Sometimes that will benefit you. Sometimes it will not. Uh, sometimes it'll turn a, a good trade into a maximum loss trade. But generally what I've found with an M3 type of position or, or, you know, or an M3U type of position, of this size, if you get five thousand dollars 
that's probably pretty much all you're going to get out of the trade. Occasionally, you'll occasionally you'll you'll hit this bonus month where you'll get seventy five or ten thousand dollars or something like that. But more often than not, you're either going to stay in the trade the rest of the time and really not make any more money, or you're going to tend to get you know really whacked really hard and maybe lose uh, end up taking less money and. If you average it out, usually you're best off just to pull this particular trade right here. Uh, that is not necessarily necessarily the case here because if we go one more day, let's see here. If we go one more day, what happens? Oh, yeah, we do get whacked a little bit. We get a down move that is fairly significant or a volatility shift. The market comes down. We get an increase in delta to plus 193. If you recall... I was saying we only let this get to about positive 50. So there are multiple ways to deal with this. So assuming we didn't get out of the trade that day and we stayed in the trade and we didn't want to get out of it this day, we would want to make an adjustment to this. And I made one adjustment, but within the M3 system in general, we give you multiple ways to adjust this. One way to do it would be to do a rollback, right? So to do a rollback, we'd essentially close out the positions here. We would then, uh, you know, I'd have to take a guess at how far to roll this back, but maybe go 20 points and we'd re-enter something with either 10 or 11 contracts, uh, minus 11. And I'd have to make some adjustments. We, we'd roll back into something like that. Okay? And that would be an example of a rollback. So that would go from the existing to something like that. And, you know, the objective here is to allow ourselves some more downside room and not destroy the reversal in the process in case the market decides to reverse the other way. Uh, now, the challenge with doing something like that, particularly close to expiration or if the market happened to be moving a lot, um, that's a lot of work. If you want to take this and do a complete rollback, that, there is some work involved in that. So, you know, alternatively, we could also do here is we could say buy six puts. That's going to correct this also. Let me go to both. That's going to correct this also, but it's going to do so in a manner that just crushes it, crushes the upside if the market reverses hard on you, which it does very often when it comes down a lot. So you'd have to make some sort of another correction if you were to do that to roll this back. John, a question has come in. Yeah. Actually, a couple have. Um, DG's asking, when you move cent the center strike up by 10 points, do you look for a minimum credit such as $2? Well, that is a good point. So the the reality is I don't have, well, put it this way, I don't have a minimum credit number. So the answer would be no. We have options here. So two things you should look at if you're trading this, right, is do I want to move the center strike up 
or do I want to move? Because what is also allowed in this is to move the upper strike down, right? So this is also allowed within the M3 system. Um, in fact, you could really put this vertical even in between or even lower. But uh, but all that's allowed within the system. And part of it is is just analyzing how much downside risk you have to take on to raise the short strikes and correct the problem versus versus how much this downside risk this move is going to take on and correct the problem. Okay, so so you'll look at them both. The reality is if you get no credit for that, in other words, if if we're going to do a vertical and there's no credit, it's really not going to make a Vega difference and it's really not going to make a delta difference. All it's going to do is give you downside risk. So if you get to the point where you're looking at your analyze graph and you're going to make that roll and, and it really, you have to make a relatively large move in order to make a small difference and you're, or, or maybe it doesn't make any, it really doesn't make any difference at all except for add a lot of downside risk at that point you know, you're going to want to look at maybe doing something else, either rolling the whole position higher or or moving the upper strikes down. So it's a little bit of, of looking at the balance of which one does what. Like I said, the reality is if you only have a dollar credit, a lot of times it's, you're, it's, you're not going to even, let me just see what this is. You know, see, so for example here, well, actually we can look at the market price. You know, here you have uh, almost four dollars, right? But if you get close to expiration, we'll look at this as it gets closer to expiration, and you might we, we might be able to get an example out of that. But my answer would be, uh, I don't have a specific number, but just eat, analyze it, and you'll see that hey, I'm a heck of a lot better rolling this back in this particular point um, than I am doing the alternative. It's, it's it becomes fairly obvious. Okay. Uh, the second question is, for rake T traders, can we use an iron butterfly instead? If yes, is the trade management different? Yes. You can use iron butterflies. You can use call butterflies. You can use put verticals. You can use call verticals. Um, and you can use irons. It, it doesn't really matter so much. It matters if you're doing some stuff on the IWM because you have stuff that's in the money and you have to watch assignment risk. Uh, same thing with the futures, right? Futures have assignment risk, although it's rarely done. Rarely done. If you're doing this in futures, you have assignment risk uh, because I believe they can be assigned as well. So um, you do have to watch it in that context. But you know, if you're doing it uh, here, it doesn't really matter. It does matter a little bit with what the analytical software does if you're using Optionet Explorer. So. If you were if you were to use Option Net Explorer, which I don't, which you know we would recommend Option View for this particular system, uh, just because it handles. In other words, if you put this on, if you put this position on in calls, it should have the exact same delta in Greeks numbers or very close as they would if you put it on in puts, or if you put it on as an iron. Uh, position. It really shouldn't matter, but if you put it in ONE, you'll get a big difference. So um, I'd actually prefer that traders do this with an iron butterfly if they're monitoring with ONE. Uh, with Option View, you can you can just run put butterflies. I like to run it 
that way because it's easier for me to keep track of. I don't have to worry about whether I'm in calls or puts or whatever. I know I'm always in puts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Yes, that answered that question. Thank you, John. Nice. All right. So moving on here, this actually popped up to. Oh, I didn't tell you the adjustment that I did. What I ended up doing for an adjustment. with this is I just simply rolled back the upper wing. So I I took these 11 down to here and I just sold I think some of these to mitigate my upside risk. So I did a vertical and I think I did 8.3 if I remember properly. I should have done more aggressively than that actually. But um, I did something like that to mitigate the upside risk. Let me clear these. Right, so popped it into that position. Realistically, this should have been done a little bit more aggressively. I usually don't like to go positive delta. Uh, I go negative delta. Realistically, I should have been maybe not quite that aggressive, but I should have been more something maybe a little bit like that. But we'll let this run as it is because it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference because the following day, we're essentially up over $5,000 again pretty solidly. Now, and we have a Delta problem. So, again, this is a good time to exit the trade. Now, there's an argument here whether you're live trading or we're back testing. You may, and this is the problem with using using an exact profit number in back testing, is that you really don't know if you would have hit the exact number if you were live trading. You may have hit the exact number three days ago if your execution went well. You may have, uh, you may be under this number if your execution went poorly compared to what Option View is telling us. And if you happened to get out of the trade earlier, you can have very different results than if you stayed in the trade. And if you happen to stay in the trade an extra day or week or whatever, you can, again, have very different results than if you exited the trade. So if you're live trading compared to back testing and you haven't been getting very good execution or whatever and you're near your number, you should probably just take it. Uh, in back testing, you might want to push it a little bit past. Like I like to see, if I'm back testing, I like to see solid profit numbers at a target for maybe two or at least at least half the day, um, but ideally one or two days before I actually pull the trigger on it because I want to make sure that those numbers are real and they probably would have been there and I could have been executed at such a at such a price. But anyway. Here is where we stand with this particular position here. Again, we should be out of the trade. If we were to stay in the trade, we can. Uh, we need to make an adjustment because our delta is too high. Uh, what did I do here? I'll have to look at my T-log to see what I even did. Let's say I went from 22 to 18. Ah, I see. Oh, I see what I did. I bought puts, right? So I bought uh, four puts. 
And that brought me to 39 negative delta, but it's also going to give me a crazy bad upside. So I minus eight, minus eight here, and plus eight here to give me at least flat delta, positive delta on a reversal. I still have a lot of upside risk, but it's a lot better to roll that in. It's going to perform a lot better. So that's what I ended up doing on this. Again, I could have rolled it back. Am I going to roll back eight days to expiration if I don't have to? Probably not. So that would probably be, you know, if I was live trading this, this would probably be what I would do in that particular situation. So that's what we did there. Move forward. Okay. And we happened to get we happened to get a situation where we got more than $5,000. Again, not particularly common. So let's go to 8.14, or I'm sorry, March 14th. It spent that time being within our delta range without the need for any adjustments. So that's perfectly fine. This is, again, 7,900. And this was the peak of the trade, right? So if we had, had we stayed in this, decided to stay in this, the following day, I pushed my luck a little too far, right? I got whacked, and now I'm only $4,100 profit. Like I said, if you take these and you stay in them to expiration, even if you stay in them to expiration, a lot of times, if you get $5,000, that's pretty much what you're going to get in the trade. But anyway, you know, you'd have to decide what you wanted to do here. So that's John, essentially, yes. We've got a question from Romeo. Yeah. Um, first of all, say hello to Juliet for me. I'm sure you've heard that joke a million times in your life. Oh, and, that's uh, not nice, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, can you use the current toss ball smile in lieu of option view to track the M3? Right. So... It's better. Okay. So it's, it's going to be better than... I will have two comments on that. First of all, if you don't have back-testing software and you're not back-testing before you do the strategies and you're not back-testing after every single trade to see how the strategy went and to do all that other stuff, then you know, you're not doing the things that you need to do to be a great trader. So... That being the case, you really need to have some sort of back trading software. And that's regardless of any trade you do pretty much, unless it's a very strict rule-based, simple in and out type of a trade. Even then, you should still be back testing it. Actually, you should still be even doing a trade debrief there because a lot of times we do not follow the rules on those other systems. So you really should have that. Now, that said... If uh, we use Thinkorswim Smile, it's much better than using their regular model. Uh, it is going to be different than what Option View is. And the reason that's significant is because anytime something's different, you might have a situation that triggered an adjustment in one case, did not trigger an adjustment in another case. And most of the time, the M3 is very forgiving. That's not really going to make a whole lot of difference. 
And that goes for the case too. When you you know you go past your profit target for for a few days, most of the time that's not going to make a difference. But there are going to be times when it makes a, a drastic difference. So my my and again, you can track the M3 and ONE software. It takes a little bit of getting used to. You might want to modify the general delta rules and so forth to deal with it. And also, you might want to use iron butterflies, both in that and thinkorswim. But uh, and again, over time, you'll get result. You'll get good results in the system using any of those systems. Uh, but what I found is you're going to get the most consistent results using Option View. So, uh, like I said, you're you're open to do that uh, if you'd like to do so. And if you're going to use the, um, um, Thinkorswim for monitoring, you know, particularly if maybe Option View isn't working, because we all know that never happens. Um, Thinkorswim Smile is a good alternative for such a thing. Keeping in mind that your profit and loss is wrong when you're on Volatility Smile with Thinkorswim. Uh, you can certainly you can certainly use that. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, you can do that. Uh, also, make sure you back test and back trade your trades after you trade them. Okay, Albert S is asking if you trade this position with only five k or ten k of planned capital, how do you model this in the options software if using the IWM deep in the money call? Right. So. You can, and we talk about this in the program, okay, you can't put IWM and Russell on the same thing, so on the same chart. So you have one of two choices. You buy 10 butterflies, I'm sorry, you buy, say, one butterfly in Russell, and you buy an IWM call uh, in real life. But when you model, you come in here and you put 10 contracts in here just like you would normally and you just pick the equivalent IWM strike and you just put one call in here. So in other words, it's going to look the exact same as if you were trading $50,000 except the call, instead of being, a say, a 1350 uh, Russell call, it's going to be a 135 IWM call. And you can simply trade it out that way. Um, the analytics aren't going to be perfect. I would not track profit and loss in this software, but it's going to give you all the, you, so you track your profit and loss in your broker, but you model it as far as the Greeks and adjust for adjustment purposes in here as 10 butterflies, one call. And it's going to give you a very similar, uh, a very similar profit and loss. It's going to be very similar. So, so, so that's the way you would do it. Or you can just go to an M3U. Uh, which doesn't involve the use of a call, right? So you can either do it, uh, so again, we said we have over 30 versions of, they're not all in the program, right? But if you if you come over and get, come into the more advanced programs, after you get out of the M3, we have over 30 versions of the M3, and many of them don't necessarily include a call, right? We have... Um, broken wing butterflies or broken wing condors rather than, than calls for various scenarios. But that's, that's the way you would do it. The other thing you need to look at, if you start doing verticals with IWM, you want to do the best you can to keep those verticals out of the money to avoid getting assigned on your short options. So if you do, like if I'm going to do a vertical, 
um, you know, say I was in, I was in um, IWM, and I wanted, and I was modeling this in here, and I'm modeling it as eleven butterflies or whatever uh, in Option View. If I'm going to do this, I have to do that in IWM, right? If I'm going to do this, I have to do that in IWM. So I, so I would want to make sure that this short option is this is actually a put vertical, and then if I get in the money with this vertical. And it rolls back. So say I'm rolling back my upper long. So I get in the money with them. I want to switch that over to a call vertical so that I don't get assigned on my puts. So it's just, it's ironic. Unfortunately, the more money you have, the bigger the position you can trade and the easier it is to actually do all these trades. The less money you have, you can still do it. Like I can do an M3 with as little as $2,500. Uh, I can do an M3U on the IWM with $2,500. And I can pretty much keep all the same delta shifts uh, when I make these adjustments, but it's complicated to do. You have to move stuff, um, a lot of different options around and get some weird positions in order to do so. So it becomes more complicated when you trade smaller. But the good part of that, or the benefit to that, that you should be excited about, is that if you do that, then you can... Uh, then you can take what you've learned there and you can apply it to the bigger trades and you can be a much more dynamic trader with the bigger trades. So this pluses and minuses to all that. I'm just going to show you uh, just a setup for an M3U trade, I guess, and quickly run through that. And then I'd like to just talk a little bit about the history of the M3 trade and give you some other kind of cool information. So let me go to... Uh, 623. Right, these are these are all recent here. So 623. So within the program itself, this is uh, set up for a five thousand dollar position. So this would be an M3U. It's uh, it's a broken wing condor. We can do it also as a broken wing butterfly. It's something like this. It's essentially the same setup. Okay, this is I think I I think when I converted this I converted it with high slippage on or something, but um this shouldn't be drawn down one fifteen on entry. Unless that, unless that's not entry. Maybe it's a different day. Hold on. Yeah, six twenty three. Anyway, just showing us down more on entry than we would really ever be on the trade. So just keep that in mind. But anyway, this is a typical M3 U trade where we enter the market a little bit further behind than we would a butterfly with a call. We would do the same thing if we were going to do it going to do an M3 U broken wing butterfly. Uh, and this is going to be a five thousand dollar position. So you enter it like that. Uh, we're using essentially minus 50 delta to the upside. Like we, uh, so our delta is a little bit less than it would be in a standard M3 trade that we allow to the upside. We're also going to look at delta theta ratios on this particular type of setup. So if you do a broken wing butterfly or, or, or a broken wing condor, you want to look at your delta theta ratios, sometimes your absolute theta. And um, 
your delta numbers. So those, that's what's important to look at there. And this works pretty much the same way. You know, we run into problems to the downside, we roll <clears> back, <throat> we run into problems to the upside, we widen out our verticals, and uh, if it goes too far, we roll. So it's pretty much the same deal. And this would be actually a current trade, right? So if I entered this here, for example, uh, let me see if I made any adjustments. This is going to still be open. All right, yeah, so this is a so this had no adjustments till this day here. This being a a what am I trying to say? A small trade. We're not using minus fifty delta anymore. We're using we're using one tenth the size minus five because it's a five thousand dollar trade. So my delta limit has been reached. It's over minus five. I make adjustment. I so I just move my short strike up into here, and if I go to whatever the next adjustment is, July eighteenth. Same type of scenario. I am minus five delta. I just open up my vertical some more. I go a little bit positive delta, but that's fine. I stand up in a position that looks like this. And then if you if you bring this to today, there were no further adjustments in this. Right, we're up about $83. Again, we started down about $100 more than we should have. So realistically, I think this should be up at one, like 183 And this is what the position looks like. If we get to the point where we can't hold our Greeks in this, generally we're going to roll up. It's going to take the whole position. We're going to roll it forward again, take on a little bit more upside risk, and see if we can't make some money. Now, the problem with staying in a position like this is in a lot of market conditions, you really don't make a ton of money. Uh, sometimes you really need to roll up on the market to, to get your pricing back. So anyway, that is a current example of what we would call an M3, the M3U version of the trade. And that, that is within the program. So, mm -hmm. so that, that, that is in there. Do you have any questions, Seth? Yeah. Yes. One more. Uh, JD is asking, how about using thinkorswim to manage the Greeks? Uh, how accurately are they using the vol smile? Um, well, it's not a it's not a question of accuracy. It's a question of how is it compared to your back testing, right? So you need to take a look at how your evolved smile is compared to option view in order to manage it, or or according to ONE software in order to manage it, right? You guys really need to be back trading trades, and if you Back trade a trade on Option Net Explorer or Option View, and then turn around and manage it with something different. You can't expect to get the same results. You cannot expect to get the same results. So, you know that's up to you. And then if you're not back testing, well, then you know shame on you. Which uh, good luck with that. Uh, you know, you know, you know look. I've developed a lot of great traders. I work with freaking hedge fund managers who deal with millions and millions of dollars in the market. I've taken retail traders who absolutely absolutely nothing, made them into great traders. They go out on their own. They're doing great. And I'll tell you, if there's one thing that I realized is, you know, the people who do that are the ones who are successful, who come in and do the work and they do the back trading and they spend the money on the tools um, and they do the work. 
you know, we do have other people who go out and don't do any of that stuff and go out on their own. And I'd say in 95 plus percent of the cases, they're back to work <laughs> within a couple of years because they just, they're not doing what they need to do. They happen to find a trade um, that happens to be doing well for a while. They go out on their own and then they blow up. It's just, it happens time after time after time. So, I mean, you can take the words from me um, or, you know, you can, you know, or you can, you know, try and skip around or whatever. I mean, if you're just kicking around with this as a hobby, fine, you know, use think or swim, don't bother back testing. You get what you get. Uh, but if you're going to be serious about it and you want to step up, I mean, you got to have the tools. It's just, it's just part of the way things go. And, I don't know what your opinion is on that, Seth. No, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I've talked about exactly what you're saying extensively. And the people, you know, the people at SMB, day traders, um, the options traders, the guys who put in the work are doing better. I mean, there's just, there's no question about it. Um, the, the best trader, I mean, we're a little slightly off topic here, but it's an important point that you're making, John. The best trader at SMB on the day trading side is a guy who is very bright, but but always does everything they ask him to do as far as the disciplines that they have found help people to become elite um, day traders. And there's there's a clear distinction between the people who do the work and the people who don't do the work. Uh, it and and the ones who are taking it seriously versus the ones that are you know kind of fooling or fooling around. So I, I totally 100% agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be harsh with you guys. I just want to, I mean, why waste your time? <laughs> if you right. want to be a real trader, I mean, you know, why are you wasting your time kicking around and, and cutting stuff? I mean, and I, I understand it completely because I was like that too, right? I was like that too. I mean, I developed a lot of stuff without even having this, but, you know, then again, I was taking a risk at that and, um, eventually after working with people, I learned that realistically this has to be done. So uh, it really does. All right. So anyway, those are a couple of, of that. So I was going to talk about a little bit about the M3 trading system itself and the history of the system. So this started out in what I would call early 2007. I don't remember the exact date, but sometime in that neighborhood, I started a trade that that was an M3. And M3 stands for Method 3. This is the third in a series of broken wing butterfly trades that I was working on in uh, 2007. And just to quickly go through what they were, Method 1, simple broken wing butterfly trade, where we enter with the long strike near at the money. We... Uh, if it runs into trouble on the downside, we roll it back. Runs into trouble on the upside. The only adjustment I had was a roll back the upper long strike. Okay. And that was fine. Uh, I was looking for more. So I came up with method two, which is essentially the same thing with the exception that I had some different types of adjustments and more adjustments. So same entry. Same roll down adjustment. When I went to the upside, I would move either the upper longs down or the short strikes forward. Either adjustment was okay. 
However, the difference between this and the other one it primarily was that when the market went up too far, I rolled it forward. It essentially repositioned and started again. So that was the M2 trade. Again, a little bit better results with that. So I was looking to do more. So I went to what we call the method three trade, which is the closest thing that we have to the current um, M3 trade now, which was a butterfly or a series of butterflies with instead of doing a somewhere or shortening a wing, I added a deep in the money call. Again, the same downside adjustment. We roll back. Same upside adjustment. I would either roll an upper long down or roll a short strikes forward. And if it went too far, we would roll it forward. Now, despite the great results of the M3 and the simplicity of the M1 trade, right? we've all seen trades similar to this out there on the market probably if we do any kind of market neutral uh, trading, uh, I tended to be more aggressive. And when I say I tended, I tended to be more aggressive, the reality is was I needed to be more aggressive. I didn't have much money at the time. You know, we were trading with $5,000. And realistically, if I'm trading with $5,000, um, for me to do the work to make 500 bucks, it, it maybe, right? It just simply wasn't worth it to me at the time. So I personally moved on and created a more aggressive strategy. We created an M4, which is a broken wing butterfly with little butterflies in front of it. Again, we've probably seen that out there. That was from back in 2007. Then I created strategies all the way up through what we call M26, which is similar to uh, an M21 strategy if you're following SMB with uh, some differences, right? Uh, it's just trade a little bit differently. But as I'm doing this, you know, I was favoring the more aggressive strategies personally, but I was also taking on trading clients and a lot of them had quite a bit of money, and they fell in love, essentially, with the M3. So while I was trading the more aggressive stuff, I was working with clients on working with the M3 trade. Now, you know, I'm very thankful for that because uh, you know, if it wasn't for my client's enthusiasm with the M3, I probably would have just dropped the system. I would have dropped it, and I would have missed out on the impact that this has had for so many traders because that's our objective is to impact traders. So... Uh, you know, thank you for those of you who did that. Um, but my point here is that realize back in 2007 when we we're doing this stuff, methods one through th three were simply trades. They were they were trades. They had rule sheets. I think some of you may have remembered. I used to have a one-page rule sheet for an M3 years ago, back in 2007. If you've been around that long, uh, we'd follow the rules, and they were very great strategies. However, as I continued to work with traders and the M3 became more and more popular, it started to become obvious to me that people were going to need more than a trade to become great traders and to thrive in markets long term. You know, after all, if someone's just following a, a set of instructions written by someone else or, or even worse, they're following someone else's directions directly and they're hoping it works, then they're not really a trader, are they? It would be like doing a paint-by-numbers painting and calling yourself an artist. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, having a background as a success coach, my, my passion is for transforming people's lives. Right? I want them to be magnificent. I don't want them to be like 
paint-by-numbers type of trader. So my goal was to create artists, real traders who can make intelligent decisions on their own, successful traders who know how to adapt to market shifts, traders who can look at any given strategy that they see and understand what the strategy's strengths are, and what, and more importantly, what are the strategy's weaknesses? Because all strategies, no matter what they are, no matter what you see out there, every rule set or strategy set has strengths and they have weaknesses. And you're going to do much better in the long term if you understand when a particular rule set is going to give you trouble and, more importantly, what to do about it when it does. So my mission was to create top-performing traders. And in late 2008, I decided to put together a system for the sole purpose of taking a person who trades complex options spreads and transforming them into a real trader. So I spent the next four years working one-on-one with people, developing uh, a system. And the results were they were fantastic. So I had traders who were struggling for years, sometimes decades, with trading finally for the first time in their lives, understanding what they were doing and why they were doing it. I had traders who were just learning options become profitable very quickly instead of using, you know, taking months or decades. And a lot of them I, I keep in touch with and they've been profitable ever since. And the biggest reward for me in doing this whole process were the traders who developed their own strategies. And they've been able to confidently go out on their own and trade full-time from what they learned through trading uh, the M3, through the M3 training. In fact, the majority of the trades you see today, if you understand the M3, if you've been with me for a while, you can see that they've been developed by people uh, just like you who learned and utilized the M3 principles. So by the time 2011 came along, Seth, yes, the very Seth who's on Options Tribe, uh, wanting to help as many traders as possible, because that's just the way he is, uh, <laughs> was so excited about the program that he asked me to make a video program that could get this important information out to as many traders as possible. So um, we did that. We put the M3 trading system together. Now, keep in mind, this program was never intended to be a trade. I never intended it to be a trade. Um, and if you think of it that way, I, you're just seriously underutilizing the information. You're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're missing the entire point of the program. The program is a collection of concepts that when utilized properly over a period of time, allow the trader to inductively learn how to, to um, adjust certain positions and, and use certain positions and how they react in different market environments and how they react in varying volatility uh, situations and varying days to expiration. The trader can then utilize his newfound knowledge and skills to create a strategy that both matches his psychology and his ultimate goals. And that is my intent in doing that. Now, I just mentioned something. I mentioned inductive learning, right? So, Inductive learning, for those of you who may not be familiar with what that is, is learning through discovery. And I hope we've all realized by now that having someone simply give you a stated answer to a situation is not a very effective learning strategy. This is because your mind is lazy. 
not just your mind, everybody's mind. It's the way we work. We're human beings, and our mind is lazy. Its primary purpose is to conserve energy. Despite this fact, however, when you have a gap in understanding, your mind must fill that gap. Right? If something, if you deem something important, you have a gap in understanding, your mind must fill the gap. But it will do it in the easiest way possible. In other words, it's going to accept any plausible answer to fill the information gap. The result is that your mind takes information that might be useful only for specific content or information that might be plausible, and then it distorts and generalizes the information in a way that makes the information appear definite and universal. And then to make things worse, it then takes that generalized and distorted information as fact and uses it, uses it as a basis to determine the validity of future information. What this does is it creates the illusion that you know certain things until, of course, the market kicks your ass <laughs> and you find out differently. That is the reason that so many traders struggle. It's because they have lazy learning strategies. They're looking for, to be fed information. They're looking for trades rather than trying to figure out how to trade. So in the N3 system, on the other hand, what we do is we encourage active learning. Yes, we give you a framework. We give you a framework that works very well. We give you adjustment strategies. But that's where the similarities end to looking for a trade. because. The system is not a trade. We strategically, or I strategically, withhold certain information, and I give you certain other information to experiment with for the purpose of leading you down the path of discovery, where learning becomes active. So rather than telling you, if this happens, do that, what I do is I show you multiple techniques and then explain what those techniques do, and I encourage you to experiment with them through backtrading. So you understand what you're doing. This allows you to uncover your unique trading style. It, it, it allows you to find your risk tolerances so that you can modify your trading to fit your needs. Um, and we do this to bring out the confident trader that I know you have inside of you, right? I, I, I believe for sure that you all have that inside of you being a confident trader. And that's what we try to bring out. So... When we talk about the best, the base trade, I want you to keep something in mind that this is not some new strategy that's only been back tested. It's not some strategy that's only been live traded for six months or a year or even two years. Okay, this is something that has been time proven. You need to realize that back-traded results, in many cases, are virtually useless in determining, how, in, in determining how a strategy is going to work for you personally. I know a lot of you have trouble with that, but the reality is the way that 95% of the people back-trade, it's almost completely useless uh, in taking and applying it to the real markets, which is why so many people back test perfectly fine and when they live trade it it's uh, completely different you know most people trade uh, blame it on slippage or something stupid like that which is completely ridiculous the reality is you're not live trading the way you're back trading 
and you're doing something different. And if you're doing something different, you have to expect different results. So my point is that you know, back-traded results on a strategy that somebody shows you when they come up with something, particularly if it's computer-generated back-traded results, my God. Um, I mean, you, you, you just, it, it, it doesn't translate to how you personally are going to trade. Okay? So you want to make sure that um, you understand that that can be very misleading. Um, and also, if they've only been traded for one or two years, you also have to understand that you know, we've had market environments that have been extremely favorable, particularly in the SPX over the last year and a half or so, or maybe even two years. And, uh, you know, Russell was kind of crappy last year, but this year has, has been fantastic. So you can get periods of time where, you know, you live trade very well for six months, a year, 18 months, maybe two years. And then market conditions shift, and it's something completely different. So you don't want to be just jumping out on your own arbitrarily because you've had success for six months and it back-tested well. You want it really be something that's had a, uh, a large history of success. VM3, on the other hand, I've had students who have live-traded this, tra this strategy since 2007. So we've been live trading it since then. We have, as Seth mentioned earlier, we have multiple traders on our trading desk who regularly live trade the M3 strategy uh, or variations of the M3 strategy with combined value with the millions of dollars. And I say if they can do it, you can do it. Uh, I also want to let you know that we have a Monday morning uh, weekly update where we do real time, what we call real-time simulated trades. So they are simulated trades. However, they're done, they're done real time. And I'll tell you why that's important. One is because once I make a decision, it is final. It's published publicly, and I cannot change it. So I can't go back and say, well, no, I would have done this or I would have done that. It is done, and that's the way it comes out. These trades are done completely by the guidelines within the program. And if I break the guidelines in the program, I have 100 people who will be down my throat asking me why I broke the guidelines. Right. So I have to follow the rules and I can't change my mind. Um, that's much different than back trading. You can say, yeah, I could have some slippage. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could. I could also do better than what's here. But if you simply take the program and, and, and follow the guidelines, these are the types of results that we've gotten. And we've been doing this since 2012. And this is the types of, of results we've been getting since 2012. So uh, very effective. And plus, it's been proven live trading through myself, through many students. You can look at our successful options trader of the month videos and um, through uh, the trade desk, right? So lots of lots of history there. So if you look at the M3 trading system, I'm just going to show you what's in the program. It explains the classic M3, uh, multiple adjustment strategies, uh, when it's best to utilize them, including detailed examples. There's a four-part video series. We have an entry and adjustments summary document in there to help you with all your options with that. We have a video called Incremental Adjustability and Capital Control where we talk about the M3U trade. We talk about how to trade small positions and combining with IWM. We talk about managing capital in the trade. This also covers some stuff uh, relative that, that relates to the bearish butterfly and rock trade too, I, I believe. We have a, uh, a video specifically for M3 entries because once you start 
using the system, you can see that there's a lot of different entry variations that you could use. Uh, and sometimes people have questions on that, so we did an entire studio for that. In 2016, we did an M3 video update, a program update, to include the M3U, the M3E, E, the M3 uh, long the, L, the M3 LT, which is a, a long term or further from expiration M3, and a long term uh, M3U, and we also included a Kickstarter mentoring program, which is a three part video series. So all those things are included in the program. So in closing, you know I encourage you to step up and become more than a person who trades. I challenge you to become a confident trader who produces great long-term results. So I'm going to hand uh, this off to Seth so we can tell you in a minute if he wants to. But before I do, I want to remind you that, you know, we can always make more money. Making money is not that big a deal. And I know to some of you it may seem like it is. But in reality, once you get your life in perspective, you realize that we can always make more money, but we have a very limited amount of time. Therefore, it's of the utmost important that we use our time lively, uh, wisely and that make, we make decisions quickly and that we go for what we want. Because you know, one of the sad things that I see is I see so many people at the end of their lives or towards the end of their lives and, you know, what do they do? They regret all the things they didn't do. So I challenge you to take a chance on yourself and go for it. So, and that's not just in trading or whatever, whatever it is in your life. I mean, if trading's not for you, you know, close the book on trading and go start a business somewhere. Go do something. Just go take a chance on yourself. Do something that's going to transform your life. That's what I want to see you do. I want to see you go for it. So I, so I challenge you to do for do that. Um, so whatever it is you choose to do, and during the process of achieving whatever your dreams are, and most importantly, what I want to emphasize is as you're chasing your dreams, to enjoy the journey. Because in the end, when you reach your goal, when you reach, or when you reach towards the end of your life, the journey is where you're going to be spending most of your time. And that being the case, you want to make the best of it. So whether it's your trading journey, whether it's your, trade, your journey doing something else, your journey through life, just make sure you enjoy every day. So uh, so I'll close with that unless you have any questions, Seth. That's very nice, John. Very yeah. inspiring. And I, I um, tell you on another matter, um, I've worked with John personally as a success coach many years ago. Some of you know the story that uh, he was really the – you know, it was working with John that really gave birth to the Options Tribe, SMB's Options Trading Desk. Uh, in actually great detail, we worked this out, uh, and it all sort of came together. So um, this is not, you know, just talk that John is saying. Um, it's really real if you're serious about improving your life. Um, everything John is saying is real, and I can, uh, I can personally testify to that. And I also would like to take over the screen right now, getting back to the mundane for a minute, to show you exactly how to take a, um, if you're interested in the M3 course, here's how you physically get there. You go to optionstribe.com, see that? 
you go to training, you go down here to M3 trading system, you click on that, and then uh, get a little bit more information about the course. There's a video on there. Um, and then, um, you can, um, decide whether you want to go ahead and purchase the course or not. So I, as I told you, it's, uh, changed my life actually. And it's certainly been the guiding force behind our trading desk. We've got a number of people, not only is the majority of our capital still involved in the M3, but we also have uh, a lot of traders, including myself, who've sort of adapted the M3 to the SPX. Um, and are trading that way. And that's turning out very well also because the basic fundamental structure that John has set up can be applied in different circumstances with different vehicles. Um, and you can, you can, if you know how to kind of handle things, you can, you can really be successful there as well. We have uh, a number of other strategies. You're going to see John's name here many, many times throughout these screens. And, uh, and uh, what we consider our advanced courses are all John's work, the Rock, the M21, and John Locke's Master Class Series. So we've got a lot of John's offering here at the Options Tribe, and you should really uh, meander over to OptionsTribe.com and take a look at that training tab and take a hard look at a lot of those strategies because uh, they can have a very, very serious positive effect. In the meantime, I want to thank you, John, for an excellent, excellent presentation as always. Everybody go check out the M3. Uh, you can do it, By the way, you could just go to m3options.com also. That'll get you there. Or you could go through optionsdrive.com, hit the training tab, and search for M3 Trading System. Click on that, and it'll tell you all about uh, the strategy. Very good. Thank you, John. And, thank you, uh, everybody. All right. Have a great evening, great uh, week of trading. Trade safely and trade intelligently and have fun. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again, John. Thanks.